0: parking lot. No. <laughs> all right. A couple quick things this morning. First of all, uh, be in prayer for uh, for Teddy Turner and his family. Uh, his daddy passed away yesterday morning. We just want to make everyone aware. Once we find out arrangements, we will let you guys know uh, through the phone call, phone tree, and all that stuff, okay? Uh, that automated thing. A uh, couple other things you got to insert in here. These are for your deacon families, all right? Uh, so, uh, Peter Pratt, if your last name, this is how this works. I want to help you out make it as simple as can be. If your last name starts with A through the letter F, if you've got something going on, you're in the hospital, if you die, any of those things, anything important, all right? Let, let your deacon know, all right? So way they can know how to help you, serve you, reach out to you, and they can let us know here at the church, okay? If your last name is G through M, Y'all still tracking? That's still pretty easy, all right? A through F, you got Peter Pratt. That's got his cell phone, all right? If you're, your last name is G through M, you got Mr. Marty McMillan. If your last name was N through Z, and I don't think we have any Zs here, all right? But nevertheless, uh, yours would be Mr. Richard Midkiff, all right? So give them a holler, and uh, be praying for these uh, two men, especially with well, be praying for all three men. Now, Peter's been deaconing in, or being a deacon, or however you want to make it a verb. For a long time, and uh, Marty and Richard are in their year of of training, and so they want to serve as best they can, and uh, they want to serve you guys. That's what deacons do. They are table servants. All right, uh, so let them know. They can't serve if they don't know, and we can't help you, and we can't pray for you if we don't know. All right, so please let us know. Uh, a couple other things. Um, this evening we do have a normal service at, at six thirty. Uh, to Sunday, January twenty second. That's next Sunday. We got missionary Justin Bushy who will be with us. He's going to teach Sunday school next week and present his mission work in the prisons in the morning service. So make sure you can be there. It's always good to be here. We got a missionary to support missions. Uh, we do give here, of course, uh, to you know by by faith uh, offering uh, for our missions. So uh, let's remember that. Uh, Sunday twenty the 29th, ninth. That's the last Sunday of the month. We got the Lord's Supper during the worship service in the morning. Um, and so if you can make plans for that to be here, it's always a special uh, time in a service, but as well in the life of the church. Uh, then February the 5th uh, at 1030, we've got one of our missionaries that we do support. He's coming back. He's on furlough. Uh, missionary Manny Alma, Alma, Almovez. Yeah, I'll spit it out in a minute, but he's going to come and he's going to say his name a whole lot better than I will. All right. And uh, we praise the Lord for it, but we're grateful for his work, and he is there in the Philippines. So y'all make sure you're here. I know he would love to see you and get to talk with you and meet you. Both those missionaries would. And then Sunday, February the 12th, uh, it's that, that evening, rather, uh, at 6.30 is our second Sunday surprise, all right? If you want to know what the second Sunday surprise is, come on the second Sunday, all right? And you'll get surprised, but it'll be that evening at 6.30, and I encourage you to come out for it. Uh, Even if curiosity brings you out, we'll take you however you get to come, okay? Uh, But let's go ahead this morning, uh, let's pray, let's ask for the Lord's help, for His blessing, and for God to be glorified today. We've got a lot of folks who are still out sick and battling things and illnesses and stuff, so uh, just stay healthy. If you're sick, stay home. If you're not sick, come here, all right? And if you're not sure, just come here and don't cough on anybody and we'll be just fine, all right? Uh, So let's pray, let's ask for the Lord's help, and we're going to stand and we're going to worship God today. Lord, we come to you this day, we want to thank you and praise you, Lord, for who you are, for what you've done we thank you that we can take time today, Lord, on the day of which you've called us to, uh, Lord, to gather as the local body to praise and adore you, to worship you, Lord, because you alone are worthy of praise. God, we pray that you would uh, lead us today, that you would guide us, that we would be obedient to you, that we would live and walk by faith today. Lord, that we would stand and that we would sing with our whole hearts, God, that uh, all of us would would worship you for all that you are. God, that we would see Christ today, that we would be encouraged and strengthened by your word, that we would even be convicted by your word, that we would be drawn to Jesus. Pray, Lord, if there's one who doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, God, that you would bring them to repentance and faith. Lord, we do pray as well, God, that throughout this service, Lord, that every single part of it would bring you glory and honor and praise. Lord, help us today as your word is preached and proclaimed and God, that you would protect your body, build your body, that you would strengthen your church and encourage your church. Lord, have your will and your way today. We love you and we thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Amen. Good morning. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. If you're able, please stand and we'll begin our worship and song here today by, by singing It Is Well with my soul beautiful hymn beautiful hymn psalmist tells us in uh, chapter 55 verse 18 he hath delivered my soul in peace from the battle that was against me for there were many with me it is well with my soul Bless my heart, and I hope it did you. said amen. amen and praise the lord amen our next song is glory to his name hymn number 493 the hymnal i mean the bible tells us in the verse hebrew 9 22 and almost all things are by the law purged with blood and without shedding of blood there is no remission no forgiveness of sin without the shedding of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ's blood. Glory to His name. Down at the cross where my Savior died, down where for cleansing from sin I cried, there to my heart was the blood applied. Glory to His Glory to his name Glory to His name There to my heart was the blood of blood, glory to his name I am so wondrously safe from sin. Jesus so sweetly abides within. him there. Cross where He took me in, glory to His name, glory to His name, glory to His name. There, to my heart, was the blood applied. Glory. saves from sin. I am so glad that I entered in. There Jesus saves me and keeps me clean. Glory to Him. This fountain so rich and sweet cast thy poor soul at the Savior's feet, plunge into day and be made complete glory to him. Glory to His name. Amen. Remain standing if you're able. And our next song is, He Keeps Me Singing, a beautiful melody, hymn number 746. The psalmist tells us, chapter 40, verse 3, And He hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the lord he keeps me singing a melody in our heart let's sing out for the lord for his honor and his glory that's why we sing there's within a heart a melody jesus whispers sweet and low fear not i am with thee peace be still All of life's ebb and flow Jesus, Jesus, Jesus Sweetest name I know Fills my every longing Keeps me singing as I go All my life was wrecked by sin and strife discord fills my heart with pain. Jesus swept across the broken strings, stirred the slumbering chords again. Jesus, 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 sweetest name I know, fills my air. The good news soon is coming back to welcome me far beyond the starry sky. I shall wing my flight to worlds unknown, I shall reign with him on high. Jesus, 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 sweet. singing as i go okay now is our greeting time you may move around and shake hands stay where you at whatever you desire to do let's make everyone feel welcome and if you see some newcomers this morning please go shake their hand and say hello and share a smile praise the lord for the little fellowship that we can have here in jesus name and we'll go ahead and make our way back to our seat and we'll be looking for miss emma to come and sing a special song for god's honor and glory miss emma hicks
2: everybody doing this morning? Good, that's good. Um, The song I'm going to be singing this morning is one that I wrote several years ago, but haven't played in a long time, so if I mess up, you probably won't know because it's an original, so that's good. I joked with somebody this morning, the best part of singing songs that you wrote is most people who haven't heard them, they won't know you mess up either, so, (laughs) but no, hopefully uh, y'all get something out of it. From a manger to a cross Then a dark and lonely tomb We were given mercy and deliverance too Born he gave us hope And through death he gave us life My God, my Lord, my Savior, Jesus Christ Your life was planned. save the world. He came into this lonely place to give us peace. From a manger to a cross, then a dark and lonely tomb, we were given mercy and deliverance to. Born, He gave us hope, and through death He gave us life my God, my Lord, my Savior, Jesus Christ. You could have stayed there on your throne, but you gave it
1: Glory to God. That was Christ-honoring. Amen. We appreciate that, Miss Emma. Thank God for you. All right, bow with me if you would. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our precious God and Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this beautiful day you've given us. Yes, it's a little lonely, chilly side, but you give us a warm place to come into, and we praise you and thank you for that. Thank you, Lord, for all your love and your blessings. Thank you for that song we just heard. Thank you for the privilege and honor to sing your songs to you for your honor and your glory. Lord, we just thank you, Lord, for our pastor, Miss Cammie. Thank you, Lord, for our church and our church family. And, uh, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for our own families, immediate families. We we ask, Lord, you to bless each and every family represented here at Victory Way. We pray, Lord, that we live for you and glorify you. In our walk for Jesus Christ, we ask, Lord, that you would help Pastor Joe and bring the message here today and give him liberty and boldness and wisdom and power to preach and speak your word here today. And we pray for Miss Cammie, who's not feeling too well, and we lift her up to you and ask, Lord, that you touch her and bring healing to her body. Lord, I just want to tell you we love you because you first loved us, and we asked all things. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, amen. Okay, if you would, stand one more time, if you're able. Christ, our hope in life and death. Colossians 1.27 tells us, To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ our hope in life and death. What is our hope in life and death? Christ alone Stand. seated. And now, our Pastor Joe.
0: Amen. Grateful for the worship this morning. Be lifted up to the Lord. There is nothing like gathering as the body of Christ to praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Emma, for that song. Uh, That that was wonderful, wasn't it? To be able to have the, the Lord give talent, to be able to to not only play and sing, but to write. Um, I, I can't quite play the radio or chew bubble gum at the same time as I talk. or well, I can't do much of nothing. <laughs> anyways, I'm thankful we can gather here this morning. Take your Bible Turn with me to Jude, chapter number 2. Jude's only got one chapter I wanted to see. I, thought, I had a couple curious eyes looking at me. <laughs> turn with me to the book of Jude, please. We're going to be looking at verses 24 and 25 today, verses 24 and 25. As we began last week, we started a series looking at God is responding to God's revealing. We have to understand that God is always revealing Himself and that He's revealing Himself not just through His Word, through His Holy Spirit, through His work, through, through worship time like this, but ultimately it is found solely in the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is why you and I can sing with confidence that Christ is our hope. In life and death. Matter of fact, He is our only hope. He is our only confidence. He is the only way that we can have such confidence that we shall see Him face to face. Not by any good thing that we've ever done, but by only His good things of which He has done. By the good thing that He is, that He is the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the one who holds life and death. And now, because of that, we can have confidence forevermore. Last week, we began looking at the fact that God is unchanging and unending. Now, as God is revealing Himself to us, you and I have a couple of options as we've talked about. We can either, one, be puffed up in our mind with this sort of knowledge that we think that we have of God, all the while never walking closer to Him, or growing deeper in our knowledge of Him, or growing higher in our worship of Him, or growing broader in our, our work and our, our uh, giving of the gospel for Him, our evangelism for Him. We, we have to understand that we can know about God without ever truly knowing Him. And there are countless Christians today who know Him enough to be saved, but then cease to grow deeper in their knowledge of Him. They don't really want to go farther or further along. They they simply want to not go to hell. Now I want you to know, when I got saved, I got saved one because I didn't want to go to hell. Don't get me wrong. I'm glad I'm not going there. No matter who tells me to go, I can't go. Amen? Praise God for it. Nevertheless, There is much more to being a Christian than not going to hell. And so many Christians are missing out today because God has said, this is who I am, this is what I am like, this is what I've done, this is what I'm doing, this is what I'm going to do. And we go, "Uh uh-huh, yeah, that sounds real nice. And we miss out because the only way that knowing God is applied to your life is the same way you got saved. By grace, through faith. We must not merely know things about God. And as we look at these different attributes and things about God, this is not to go, oh, look, I learned some things about God. It is to get us to go, well, because this is who God is and because this is what He is like, this is what my life now in turn should be. One of surrender, one of giving Him glory and honor and praise alone. Let's read here Jude chapter number 1. Right? Now unto Him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of His glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and ever. Amen. Let us pray. Lord God, we come to you this morning and and God, I pray that you would first of all rid us of all distractions, that you would show us Christ today through your Scripture God, that you would show us who you are, Lord, that you would reveal reveal yourself to us today. God, that you might take back the veil for just a moment, that we might see a, a glimpse of your glory, that we would be changed by you, by even just being in your presence, by being able to come to you, God. I pray that this morning, Lord, that you would rid me of my own thoughts, my own opinions, my own strength. God, I have no strength. I have no ability. I can't change hearts. I can't change any of these things, Lord. But God, only You and through Your Word, through Your Spirit can accomplish things today. And we pray, God, that You would do so. Or if there's one who doesn't know You as Lord and Savior today, God, I pray that You would save them by Your your mercy and Your grace. Or if there's one today who's wayward or struggling or just unconfident or has lost their joy of salvation, God, that You would give it to them once more. God, may we see You. May we respond today by faith and faith alone. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Last week, we talked about some of this and kind of getting into this. We, we addressed this issue that God's grace always reveals, right? He always reveals who He is and what He's like, what He's done, what He's doing, what He's going to do. But the only way that that can be applied, I and mean, by the way, the, the way to receive God's grace, which is grace is what? It is a gift, is it not? It is something that is freely given from His own attributes, from His own desire, from His own self to us that do not deserve it, that did not earn it, how can you receive such a gift like that? How can you receive it? By faith. It is not enough to go, God says he is this, therefore I know he is that. It is God says he is this, therefore I know and believe that, and it changes us from the inside out. We have enough preaching and teaching in churches about the outside in. Everything from Pharisaical to the liberal. Everything has become about self-help and I want you to know today before you leave this place, before we go any further, you cannot help yourself. If you could, Jesus died in vain and everything we've just sung this morning is pointless and fruitless. Because I can't help myself, I need God to reveal Himself daily to me but the only way that God revealing Himself to me will make a difference in my life is I receive it and respond to it by faith. Unless we believe God as He has revealed Himself, that we won't know Him. Nor will we grow in a knowledge of Him because as we've talked about and as we'll continue to talk about, we'll kick this horse beyond its death. That God wants us to know Him. But to know Him is to trust Him. The difference between knowing God And not knowing God is faith. Now there are countless folks who say that they have faith. Faith will be seen not so much in your outward works, but in your inner life. How you commune and fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. You cannot commune and fellowship with one that you do not know. You cannot commune and fellowship with one that one glimpse of His glory and in your flesh you would die. There's no fellowship there. It is through the Lord Jesus Christ, by grace, through faith. Faith. To know God means we must surrender our own knowledge of Him. It means we have to understand that when God reveals Himself, He reveals Himself what He's like and who He is in ways that our mind doesn't picture often. Everyone's got their own opinion of what Jesus is like. Some like Jesus this way or that way. Others think God should be like this. Or, you know, I just think God is everything. Boy, how spiritual. You know, how foolish. You and I must think rightly about God because if we do not think rightly about God, we will not believe rightly about God, which means we will not respond rightly to God. We've got a thinking problem. But much deeper than that, the average Christian today knows plenty about God and His attributes, but it affects their life little. If God was truly God, as we know about Him to be, if we really believed it, it would change every day of your life. The problem is we don't want to be bothered by that. We want to know God as it comforts us and as it is convenient for us. It is not convenient for you to die to yourself. It is not convenient for you to give when you may not have. It is not convenient for you to worship unashamedly or to give the gospel to people who reject you or look at you funny. This is why God takes the foolish and does great things. Today, what we're going to see is not so much an attribute about God. Today, if you're to plug in this, God is. Today, we've got to back up. And we've got to see that God is God. God is God. There is no other. There will be no other. There was not a vote taken place, in eternity passed to see who God was going to be. There was no campaign. He needs no campaign. Matter of fact, God does not even need me to campaign for his existence. He merely is. His creation does a good enough job. His Word does a good enough job. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. I can't do anything better than that. God is God. In all of His actions, in all of His attributes, there's a sweet simplicity in knowing by faith that God is God. One of the sweetest, most simple answers that you and I can have today of why I trust God, why you trust God, is because He is That's right. We'll try it again later, see if the rest of you catch on. God is God. If God was not God, I would not trust God or praise God, nor could I pray to Him, because what would be the point? God is God. Now, I can't wrap my little fleshly brain around that, can you? That's because He's God. Yet I can know Him, because to know Him is to trust Him. Our knowledge however, keeps us from knowing God as we ought to. When I say that we have to surrender our knowledge in order to know God, it means that we have to throw out what we think we know, what we thought we knew, and we have to look and understand that God tells us what we need to think. God gives us what we need to know. And the only real response to knowing God, and if you want to grow deeper in your walk, it will only be as God has revealed Himself to us, that we respond to Him by faith, And you will never see the revealing of God if you never open up this book. You will never see God revealing Himself to you if you are not quietly contemplating His Word and meditating upon it day and night that it does not become your meat, if you will. You will not see God revealed in your life if you have not learned how to be still and to know that He is God. You will never see God revealed in your life until you know a quiet prayer closet until you know how to be still and to listen, until you know how to get alone with God before you get out in anything else. Our problem is that we know too much about how to pray. Our problem is that we know too much about how to study. Our problem is that we know too much about how to do all sorts of things, which keeps us doing all sorts of things without ever getting to the root of it and trusting and knowing and having it applied to our heart that God is God. Not some distant God, but a God that is very near to His people. A God that says, come near. We can't in our flesh, can we? And this is why Christ has come as the perfect mediator, as the God-man who is now able to allow us to draw near of the One that we could never come close to and that we can see Him one day face to face. One day we shall know Him. Only faith applies knowledge, but any knowledge of God is by God's grace revealed to you. We often study the Bible, and we go, look at what I learned about God. Anybody ever said that? I have. The rest of y'all aren't brave enough, that's fine. Look what I learned about God. I love learning, I do. We ought to want to study But the moment we say, look at what I learned about God is the moment that we forgot that it's God that revealed it to you. I've never learned anything about God. God's done the revealing. The only way that that learning, that knowledge becomes learning or wisdom is when faith comes in. Faith gives it movement and applies it to our heart. Now as we look at this passage, these short two verses... The context of this is Judah is writing here and he's warning about the dangers of apostasy. He's warning about those who are going to be carried about with all sorts of different doctrines and false ideologies. And that's why it is important to know God as He is revealed, not as someone thinks they know. We don't need a new revelation or a higher knowledge. We need the one revelation that God has given to us and we need to believe it. I'm not looking for something new and fresh. God's already given it. And it's never been newer than it is today and it's never been fresher than it is today. As we look at this, he ends this letter with a benediction and doxology simply for God being God. Praise God that He is God. Giving glory to God is the only response of faith to God's revealing grace. As God reveals himself to us, you and I have only merely one option, and that is to believe. Your worship will not go so high if you do not believe God. You won't find freedom to raise your hand or to sing or to praise or to cry or to sling snot or tears or to get alone with God unless you know him, unless you've been with him, unless you've walked with him. And the only way that you can walk with Him and be with Him is by faith because God says in His Word, the way He's revealed Himself to us is that without faith, it is impossible to please Him. God is not so looking for your works. He's looking for you to give yourself to Him. And God can take you and do a whole lot more than what you think you can do because we got nothing. First of all, in verse 24, we want to see that God is God in His actions. Now first of all God's actions are dependent upon his attributes. God never acts out of character. You and I act out of character, don't we? You ever been inconsistent with your faith, inconsistent with your beliefs, inconsistent with your walk? Oh yeah, yeah, me too. That's right. And why are we inconsistent? It's because unlike God, God is unending and unchanging. But you and I when things come our way, we easily get tossed about, we get angry, we get upset. We have all sorts of attributes too and all sorts of character too, like God. But nevertheless, He is perfect and complete in all of those all the time. And you and I get angry real quick and we stay angry for far too long and then we get loving and and then that doesn't happen near enough And, and we go from all these extremes and we often go from one ditch to the other. God isn't ending. God isn't changing. But God is God in all that He does. Everything that God does is godly. Everything that Pastor Joe does is not godly. Everything that you do is not godly. And when we realize that, we see that there is this great difference between us and Him, and Jesus Christ is the only one that can bring the two together. And that Jesus Christ is the one that has revealed the way, and is the way, and has revealed God Himself to us to show us that we are not what we are supposed to be, which is why I need Him. If you're struggling in your Christian walk, you say, well, I'm not where I need to be or ought to be. Good, that's the first step in finding your way there. But the next step is by trusting God with the next step. It is faith that leads along, not your works or your outward actions, but rather it is faith that drives it on. not faith in yourself not faith in your talents, not faith in your knowledge or your wealth or your riches or your comforts or the things around you, but in the unseen hand and heart of Almighty God. His actions are an expression of His character. Here's what God tells us. Jude writes, he says, now in this benediction, he's saying we got to give Him praise here for God being God. Now unto Him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of His glory with exceeding joy. What is God's action here that He reveals? God reveals Himself to be a person of action, a God of action, a God of activity, a God of order. And here's what He says He does. This should bring comfort to your heart that God is able to keep you from falling and present you Faultless before the presence of his glory. Able to is the word dunamai, means to be able to, capable of, to be strong enough, or have power to act upon. I can tell you this: I am not able in my flesh to stand before a holy and a righteous God. I am not able in my flesh to know the spiritual. I am not able And the greatest thing that you can ever do is to find out how unable you are. You are unable to save yourself. You are unable to sanctify yourself. You are unable to glorify yourself. And this is why every part of your life must belong to Jesus Christ. It is given to us those gifts by His grace and it's only received and applied as we respond by faith, God is able. Think about this. God is God. And because God is God, He is able. It is also in the present tense. It means God is God continually and therefore always able to act on our behalf. Ephesians 3.20 tells us, Now unto Him that is able... To do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. The head knows that God is able. You ever been there? You got a problem in your life, you got a struggle, you got a mountain, you got a giant, you got a whatever is in your, your life, and you go, This is just bad. And here's what we say, and we're real good at this. Well, you know, sister, I know it's hard, but God is able. Brother, I know you're struggling today, but just remember. God's able. Well, are are we wrong in saying that? No, but here's the issue. We say it with our head and not our heart. Pastor Joe knows that God is able to answer every prayer in his head. But Pastor Joe doesn't always believe every prayer he prays in his heart. You and I fail in our Christian walk Not because we have a lack of knowledge of what to do, but because rather we trust God to do it. We don't trust Him. Do we really believe that God is able in our life? Do you believe that God is able to bring healing? Do you believe that God is able to still perform miracles? Do you still believe that God is able to bring you comfort and peace in the midst of trial and affliction? We know that you know God's God in our mind, but is God God in your heart? That's what separates us from knowing about Him and knowing Him in a deep walk. And if you know Him and trust Him in your heart, it will change how you pray, how you walk, how you talk. To know that God is able, God is able because God is God, and our inability shows His. Ability. The heart believes by faith. Not just that God can, but that He will. Here we often know that God can. We say, well, God can do whatever He so pleases. And then what we do is we, we go about our prayer life like this. God, you just, you know, if, it, if it's Your will, God, God, I'm asking because this is who you are. Because you are good. Because you are there. Because you do care for me. That you would see my situation and that you would act swiftly on my behalf. Lord, not just for my sake, but for your name's sake. And I don't believe that we're getting into the danger of a name and claim it theology. And there is some folks who preach such name and claim it, that we tell God what to do. No, my friend, we don't tell God what to do, but because God is God and He has revealed Himself to us and He said, come unto me. Tell me your problems. Give me your cares because I care for you. He says to come, ask and you shall receive. I believe we don't receive much because we ask little. And I believe that we receive little because we ask little. God would love to give you so much more than what you settle for and you settle for your own works and your own flesh. Here's what God is able to do. God is God in His actions of protecting and preserving His people. He is able to keep you from falling. It is not my faith that keeps me from falling. There's an old hymn that speaks, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, Lord. Take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. It is not I, but Christ. It is not Pastor Joe so strong in his faith. Weak and frail and fragile at best. Fleshly on a good day. It is Christ. The greatest thing about your walk with Christ is not your faith. It is His faithfulness. Because my faith fails. And if it were up to my faith, I never would have been saved. I would never keep my salvation. And I would never get to see God. It's Him. Unto Him that is able. Why is He able? Because God is God. Now what does it mean to keep you? It means to watch, to keep guard, to keep safe. Christ saves and secures and supplies every need to the end. It is not me. It is Christ. Our life is founded on his perseverance and protection, not on our own ability to do so. Look at verse number one of Jude. Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to them that are sanctified, notice this, sanctified how? By your own good works? Now, what does he say? Sanctified by God the Father. You say, Well, God saves. He doesn't sanctify. That's mine. That's my job. God sanctifies you. How? As He reveals Himself to you and you respond. The two go hand in hand. God does the work of sanctifying and He supplies everything that is needed to sanctify you and to give you in every situation of your life, but you'll never receive those unless you trust God. Sanctified by God the Father and preserved. In Jesus Christ. There's not a thing you can do about it. You have never made God love you less or more. You have never, God, you have never given God more knowledge than He's ever had. You, you've never given God some extra strength or a boost of energy. God is God. Unending and unchanging. Able to protect and preserve His people. He keeps us from utterly falling and failing. Without God being God, we would be ruined and unable to be saved, let alone to live like it. That's my comfort. My comfort is not in my faithfulness. My comfort is found in His. Now unto Him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of of His glory with exceeding joy. It is not you and I that hold on to Christ. It is Christ that holds on to us. He will hold on to us until He sits us before Him in His presence and we shall see Him for who He is. He keeps us from falling and then will stand us up. And I want to share with you one of my favorite hymns for just a moment. Is an older hymn that has been modernized by several other groups and things, but this is a a classic. He will hold me fast. When I fear my faith will fail, Christ will hold me fast. When the tempter would prevail, He will hold me fast. I could never keep my hold through life's fearful path, for my love is often cold. He must hold me fast. He will hold me fast. He will hold me fast. For my Savior loves me so, He will hold me fast. Those He saves are His delight. Christ will hold me fast. Precious in His holy sight, He will hold me fast. He'll not let my soul be lost. His promises shall last. Bought by Him at such a cost, He will hold me fast. For my life He bled and died. Christ will hold me fast. Just as has been satisfied, He will hold me fast. Raised with Him to endless life, He will hold me fast. Till our faith is turned to sight when He comes at last. We've got to understand that it is not us. God is God in His actions and one of the greatest actions that God does is that He holds me fast. And He holds you fast in this very moment. You say, I'm struggling. Yes, God knows. And He sees you and He cares about your struggle even much more than you care about your own struggle. He holds you fast. And then He says to present you faultless. I can never do that here, can I? Not in this flesh. It says, before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. This word glory here, we'll get into it in just a moment in verse 25. The word says, it's the idea of his intrinsic glory. It is all that he is. Right now, if God showed up and stood right there, and all that he is in his unveiled, overwhelming glory, we would fall down dead. Every one of us. Me first, because I'm closest. We're dead. You say, well, how's that comforting? It's comforting because I will be able to stand before Him in His presence, not by anything that I've done, not by any goodness, not by any giving, not by any work, but by His work. By Jesus Christ. Now, not only will He hold me fast from falling forever and forever as I deserve, but He will stand me then in front of Him and I will see Him for who He is. You say, well, I can't understand all that God is. Wonderful! That's why He's God and that's why He's worthy to be praised. And one day you shall see Him and know Him as He is. That's the hope. Our hope is not here. And our roots are far too... Roots are far too deep in this place. We care far too much about this world and what the world thinks. We care too much about our bank accounts. We care too much about... What you're thinking about right now in Christ. We are in Christ because of his actions. And we can now notice this in verse 24 before the presence of the glory of his glory with exceeding joy. Where there is a real response by faith, there will be joy. And the reason why most Christians live joyless lives is because they've been saved by grace through faith and they think the rest is up to them. The reason why you have little to no joy in your life is not because God is not giving you joy or wanting to give you joy. It is because He has revealed Himself to you and boy, that is joy unspeakable and you have yet to receive it by faith today. You're not filled with joy because you don't want to be. You have no joy in your Christian life, not because God has not revealed Himself to you, but because you have not said yes to God. And the moment that you surrender in a total act of abandonment of yourself, that's where the joy lies. The joy lies in Jesus and not yourself. The joy lies in knowing Christ and not a mental knowledge or an educational knowledge, but an experiential knowledge of walking with the God who saved you. The reason why we don't know what joy is anymore because we just don't really want it. Heaven's going to fix a lot of problems. Because God is God, I am saved, sealed and secured. And now one day before the eyes of God, found blameless before him in Jesus Christ. With joy both now and forever. If you know where your forever is going to be, you'd think you'd have joy today, wouldn't you? You see, the reason that we have little to no joy is because we're trusting in us trying to hold on fast to Jesus, but we're living in the flesh. and We've got to trust that He's got to hold on to us. Will God fail in holding on to His children? No. Will His strength fail? Will His feet slip? Will he get tired or weary? No. Because God is God. That's why I can trust Him. Folks, dear Christian, if we can trust Him to keep us from hell, don't you think that you can trust Him with today's problems? Today's problems is not near as bad as hell. Today's problems are not nearly as bad as an eternal lake of fire. Today's problems are not near as big as the weight of eternity. And if we can trust God to keep us from that flame of which we deserve, don't you think that we can trust Him with every moment of our life? Because He has revealed Himself to us. This is who I am. His very nature and character. The fact that God is God means that I must trust Him. To not trust Him means I will live without joy, without peace, without comfort. I will live a Christian life Without Christ, and what a frightening thing that is. And that's where some of us might be this morning. You're saved. But now you're living your Christian life without Christ as the focus. Without Christ's strength, without Christ's power, without Christ's joy that he so freely gives. You go, well, I just don't I don't feel I just don't know what to feel. I'm so unsettled. Well, the only way to be settled is not by the work of your hands, but to be settled in the fact that God is God and He's the one that does the settling. All of my life is a work and gift of God. And the only way to receive that gift is to trust. Titus 3 tells us this, for we ourselves were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived. Sounds like the average Christian, doesn't it? Serving divers' lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy and hateful and hating one another. That's what we were sometimes. But after that, the kindness and love of God, our Savior toward man, appeared. What's that? Revealing. Christ came to reveal a greater way. The real way. The true way. The only way. Because He is the way. Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy. He saved us. The reason why you are saved today is because He revealed His mercy to you. And you responded by faith. Works don't need or receive mercy. Faith must. By the washing regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost which He shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, there's revelation that being justified by His grace, there's revelation we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. How do we have it? We must respond to it by faith. It gives assurance and great joy. Second, we must see that God is God in all of his attributes. So we're going to cover all of his attributes today? No. You and I could preach only the attributes of God, and we would never run dry. We'll never run dry of what God has revealed himself to be. We could preach every verse from Genesis to Revelation. And then preach it again and again and again and again. And that's what I intend to do here. To the only. Circle that word only. Only. There is a simplicity in knowing that God is God. And there is a singleness in knowing that God is God. Because if God is God, then I am not. And we say we know that to be true. Preacher, you're not telling me anything I don't know. That's fine, you know it here, but your heart says otherwise because you and I have got plenty of gods. We've got gods that are shaped like softballs and basketballs and volleyballs and cheer. We've got gods shaped like our children. We've got gods shaped like our cars and our bank accounts. We've got gods that look like our own fleshly lusts. We've got gods that look like women that aren't ours, men. We've got gods that look like other Men, they're wives. We've got plenty of gods out there, and we worship them, maybe not wholeheartedly, but with just enough to where God isn't getting the whole heart. You say, Well, God's got all of me. Does He? He has given you all of Himself. By His grace, He has revealed Himself to you. Who are we that God would tell us how we can know Him? That's grace. You and I say, well, I've, I've been saved. That's great. That's wonderful. You know God. And if we know God and that He is God, then it will crush every other God around. You'll make every excuse to get alone with God. You'll see the great need to teach your children to know this God. Your children will stand before God one day and they will not give an account about how fast they threw a ball, how many tournaments they won, where they traveled to play them. And you will give an account. You will give an account if you showed them how to know God. Do you know God? He is God. You'll give an account about how you teach them to worship Him to know Him. And you'll show them how you worship and know God, how you speak to your wife, how you treat her, how you treat your husband and the father of your children. You show them all you believe about God in that. You'll show them what they need to know about God, how you spend your money and your time. You'll show them what you need to know about God And how you live your life. And sprinkling a little bit of Jesus in it will not do it. No. Having a little bit of church, having a little bit of head knowledge about God will not replace a knowledge of walking with the Holy God. There's a difference between grace that reveals God and flesh that responds by works and occasional sprinkling in Jesus and maybe saying some bedtime prayers. Grace that is revealed and faith that responds. You and I are in a day where, even about God, we've got plenty of knowledge. And yet, few of us hardly know Him. And we're training up our children and grandchildren to do the same. He alone is wise. To the only wise God, our Savior. To Him be glory, majesty, dominion, power. You see, here we praise God simply because He's God. No one in this room deserves glory, majesty, dominion, or power. No one in this room has glory, majesty, dominion, or power. God alone. I want to walk you through a few of these. These are attributes not so different. They overlap one another. You say, well, why are we covering each four of them? Why did Jude give all four of them? Because these show God's godness. This is who He is. This is what He's like. And this is what he deserves to receive. All glory, all majesty, all dominion, all power. Instead, we give God some glory, some majesty over our life, some dominion in our life, and a little bit of power. God would give you much more. You and I hold our own progress. The word glory here, doxum, where we get doxology from, the sum total of who God is, his nature, his character, his power, and acts. It is who he is and what he is like. God reveals his glory to us. He revealed it to Moses when Moses said, Lord, show me your glory. And the problem of our day is that we want the gifts that God gives, but we don't want his glory. We want God to make us comfortable, we want God to fix our marriages. We want God to make our kids listen better. But we don't want God's glory. Because God's glory will call me to a higher life and a deeper life with Him that we're not quite prepared for in our flesh. He reveals glory, but He receives glory. And He is the only one that should ever receive glory. He is glorified most when we respond to His glory revealed to us and in us. When God shows you who He is and you will only know who God is in this book, the only way that you'll give God glory is to trust Him. When I don't trust God, I don't glorify God. You and I think that we don't glorify God just when we sin. I would tell you we don't glorify God a whole lot more than that. I don't glorify God when I preach in the flesh. You don't glorify God when you listen to preaching in your flesh. You don't glorify God when you do everything else to stay busy except for getting alone with Him. It's not glorifying God. You can be the busiest one in this church, the biggest giver in this church, and still find a way to not glorify God because you and I do much more for our own glory than we care to admit. We sing, To God be the glory, great things He hath done. So loved He the world that He gave us Myself and my gifts and my talents and my money and my time. To God be the glory alone. Great things He hath done. He hath done. Our view of God is not near big enough. Majesty. It's the word megalusune. The root word for it is megas, where we get great, big, mega. Here, God is infinite and incomparable as the God who is king. The idea of majesty is one who rules as a king, who is like God. First Chronicles twenty nine eleven, Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heaven and in the earth is Thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and Thou art exalted as head above all. Our minds know that God is God, and our hearts refuse to bow to His majesty. We like the idea that Jesus is King of kings and Lord of lords, and all of us who have been baptized more than five minutes know that, that phrase, don't we? And yet we've got parts of our life that He's not king over. We've got parts of our mind, parts of our heart that He's not king over, and we don't want Him to be king because that means He would rule, and we have to submit to His authority. Does He reign over all of your life today? How about His dominion? The word kratos. Power and might. God's dominion, power, and might have no beginning, nor do they have an end. you know why? Because God is God. And we dare to withhold parts of our life from Him. We dare to withhold our life from the God who gave us life and holds our life. We belong to His dominion. We belong under His dominion. Under His power. Under His might. Here's His power. The word power here. Exousia. This is the word for all authority. All right to rule belong to God. He is the only one that has a right. You and I have no rights. We've got no rights. God alone has all authority to rule your life. And when you and I take up that authority for ourselves, we bring our life to ruin. We strip our own selves with joy, from joy. We strip our own selves from all that God would give to us. God has the right and God has the might, is the idea. It belongs to Him. And yet some of us have yet to, res- to surrender our authority to Him. We said, well, preacher, I know God is God. Tell your heart that. So we bring this to a close today. We must understand that God is God alone. And I love how Jude ends this. Jude simply says, Amen. Let it be. It is a whole agreement. This morning, as we read this, Now unto Him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of His glory with exceeding joy, to the only wise God our Savior be glory, majesty, dominion, and power both now and ever. Amen. Amen. Is there an amen for that in your heart today? If not today, the decision and the time is now, not tomorrow, not in the future, not when things settle down, not when you know this ball season's over or this time in my life is over, or I, you know, can just be more comfortable when my bank account is settled or when my debt's gone. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day to worship the Lord. Not tomorrow, for tomorrow may not get here. Today is the day that we say amen to God. So here's our message. That was all introduction. Here's the message. You ready? It's going to be a quick one. Here's the revealing of God. You want God to reveal reveal himself to you today? Is that why you're here? I hope so. That's why you should be here. God is God. Now you say, well, give me something practical. God is God, right? There's your revelation. Here's your response. I am not. And there's a part of your life and your heart and the dark corners and in mine as well where God is not God. If that weren't the case, our life would look a lot different. These pews would be a lot more full. These altars would be a lot more tear-stained. Our Bibles would be a lot more broken in the response must be that by faith you trust God's protection and persevering power to present you in His presence in Jesus Christ. By faith, we must give God glory for simply being God. Today, I close with this. Today we've seen that God is God. He's the King. Mm-hmm. The King in all His beauty. Oh, lift your eyes to heaven, see the Holy One Eternal. Behold the Lord of majesty, exalted in His temple. As symphonies of angels praise, now strain to sound His glory. The King in all His beauty. How worthy. How worthy. How worthy the King in all His beauty. Now see the king who wears a crown, one made of shame and splinters, the sacrifice for ruined man, the substitute for sinners. As earth is stained with royal blood and quakes with love and fury, he breathes his last and bows his head, the king in all his beauty. The king in all his beauty. Now see the savior lifted up, the lamb who reigns in splendor, the hope of every tribe and tongue, his kingdom is forever. Bring praise and honor to His courts. Bring wisdom, power, blessing. For endless ages will adore the King and all His beauty. What will you do today? Let's all stand this morning. As God has revealed Himself to you and I today that He is God, what's your response? Will you by faith surrender your life to Him? Will you by faith find those dark corners not just cleansed of the cobwebs, but ridden of the spiders, and that God would be God over all parts of your life. God of your home. God of your family. God of your heart. What number are we singing, brother? Yeah, number 490.
1: 490. Lord, I'm coming home.
0: This altar is open.